recording we are recording <laughs> hey welcome back to bang bang cults uh today we're going to actually we don't have a theme today we're no theme we're just going with it we're going with it having heather, fun heather just got back from vacation so we decided dealer's choice yeah easy peasy kind of lemon squeezy yeah a little lemon bite <laughs> so on that vacation really though. good <laughs> We should make those after. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Do you want to flip the coin? Let's flip the coin and see what I, I you, guess I'm heads. Your heads. I'm like always heads. Okay. Oh. <laughs> land on your hand. <laughs> I flipped it. It landed on my hand and then flung off. And we have a heads. Oh, I haven't gone first in a while. All right. Well, it's your turn. Okay. Tell me your story. Well, today I'm going to tell you about a story that happened a few years ago. In Russia. Okay. We haven't done Russia yet. We've not done Russia. So this is called the True Russian Orthodox Church, which isn't to be confused with the Russian True Orthodox Church. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to clear that up right now. Two different things. I'm sure the researching that was fun then. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was like, wait, that's like a bishop or something? That doesn't look that's right. right. <laughs> this seems wrong. Yeah, I figured it out eventually. Okay, um, the true Russian Orthodox Church was started by, oh, by the way, today's when we're going to find out that I'm super not Russian. Okay. This weird thing happens, like, every time I go to a bar, someone thinks I'm Russian. Oh, uh, I could see that. Uh, yeah. A little bit. It's happened so many times that I'm just like, am I? Like, I'm not. Am I, am I adopted? But no. 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 I'm not. So we're going to prove that today happen. because okay. I can't pronounce, I left out most of the names. Can you try I to do this in an them. accent, a Russian accent the whole time? I can't even do an American accent. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. So the true Russian Orthodox Church was started by Peter Kuznetsov. Okay. All right. A little history on Peter Kuznetsov. Decide his name is Kuznet Stove. Yeah. Cause, why not? Kuznet. Kuznet Stove. A ta out stove makes it. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably wrong. All right. He was born in 1964 in a village in the district of Penza region. He graduated from the Penza Civil Engineering Institute. And after graduating, he stayed in Penza, got married, and had a same, a same, a son named <laughs> named Alexei. 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 Okay. I don't know. It worked for me. <laughs> in 1989, and in 1997, he leaves his wife and returns to the village he was from. Don't know why. But in the early 2000s, he breaks away from the Russian Orthodox Church, not the Russian True Orthodox Church, just the Russian Orthodox Church, the regular one. Okay. Because it wasn't sufficiently orthodox enough. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Had to be more orthodox. More orthodox. Than the Orthodox Church. So he created a faith of his own in the village, a sect of... Russian Orthodox Church, the true Russian Orthodox Church. Um, the followers consisted of residents of the village, those who lived in the Penza region, as well as vi visitors from Belarus, 
That's not how you say that. Belarus. Belarus. I was yes. like, Bel- I'm reading it and I'm like, no, Belarus. I do know that one. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> he recruited followers from writing books and touring monasteries in Russia and Belarus, which is a bit hypocritical seeing as he made his followers burn their passports because it bared the number of the beast. Which, the number of the beast is 666, right? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense, because, like, it's not like your passport number is always always 666, so it's like a metaphorical, symbolic, like... Beast? Number of the beast, like, the the number of the government, maybe? Maybe. Like, big brother. The man. The man. man. Stick it to the man. Yeah. By not being able to travel. Right? By making yourself stuck in Russia, even if you're not from Russia. Russia. Seems like a good plan. So, the group called themselves Heavenly Jerusalem. However, I don't see that a lot in the research. Um, So that's just what they wanted to be called, I guess. And his followers called him Father Peter. He incited hatred of other religions and nationalities. He told his followers that they would be given the power to decide who would be sent to heaven or hell after the apocalypse. The followers, of course, didn't work and their children didn't go to school, yet somehow they owned, like, cottages in this village and things and survived. Must be nice. Right? They weren't allowed to watch TV, listen to the radio, or touch money. What do you do with all of your time if you don't work, you don't go to school, you aren't allowed to watch TV, listen to the radio, or touch money? Jump rope? Hopscotch? Yes. Games. Yes. Maybe games. That seems like the answer. You think they were allowed to play games? Probably not. Just read his books all the time? Maybe. And cook? I'd probably sleep a lot. I'd probably be super depressed from sleeping all the time. Like, eat, sleep. Eat, sleep. Yeah. Maybe some vodka? Are they allowed to drink vodka? Uh, It doesn't say. They might have done that. And then drink to sleep. Yes, that's probably And then drank to get through the day of not being able to do anything else. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Okay, so of course they also weren't able to communicate with relatives. And so this part's confusing. So some of the articles I was reading were obviously translated from, I'm assuming, Russian. So it was very broken English. (laughs) So this could be a couple of other things. Because it said in the summer of 2007... Um, at the door praying at home and I'm like at the door praying so it's either on the door of the praying room okay or maybe on the door of those praying at home like on the cottage door like oh, the, yeah. the followers right. so it's something like oh, something that. to do with a door and praying yeah and the followers area okay so um, there would be a sign that said, sorry, we vow of silence, which I'm sorry, we take a vow of silence or, yeah. So like, not only are they not communicating to their families anymore, they're now they're silent, now just silent oh, and no. can't do anything. Like no. you can't even hang out with each other then. Yeah. You still have to sit there in silence. Yeah. Which is like my, oh. I mean, I guess monks do that. Monks do it, but they kind of, like, they meditate and they prep for that. Yeah. They also eat a lot of rice, and I like rice, so. Yeah. 
seems pretty legit. And they yeah. wear flowy robes. They do. Just seems comfy. It does. And, and they're no, not, not restricting, like jeans. Yeah. Actually, I learned through this research that Russia has monks. I was about to say, and they don't live in Russia, which is freezing. True. But Russia has monks. So. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Learn We're learning. New every day. I like it. Um, And a side note, he sleeps in a coffin, Mr. Uh, Kovnetstova. I feel like you love the, the men in the coffins. I, what is this? I keep <laughs> picking guys that sleep in coffins. Soon we will meet one in real life. <laughs> oh no <laughs> i don't want to do that like, i don't i don't want that um in november 2007 uh he inspired 35 of his followers to barricade themselves into a cave or an underground bunker um in russia's penza region i'm guessing it's near their village somewhere mm-hmm. to wait for the end of the world in may 2008 which is also when I graduated high school. So t- for me, it was kind of the end of the world, too. Or the beginning. Both? A little bit of both. I think we were in a similar place. Yeah, you, it feels like the yeah. beginning and the end. Yeah. I think me and him had something in common that time yeah. of life. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he, he felt your pain. So he, he did. He prepped for it. He prepped for my pain of the real coming into the real world. Um. So Kovnat Stova has said that the group spent... That is not a word. <laughs> they spent a month and a half digging out the shelter, and it was 50 meters long and the height of a man. 50 meters and the height of a man. Okay. I don't know how long 50 meters is. I don't either. I should do that math. Where's my phone? I don't know. Oh, well. 50 meters. Okay. It's not very big. For 30 people? 35. Doesn't seem nice. No. Seems oh, wait. There's my nice. phone. Let's see. I meant to look this up. I should really know how long a meter is. A meter is three feet, right? No. Isn't a yard? Oh, that's a yardstick. 35 meters is 114 feet. Okay. So. How far is that? <laughs> I was like, wait, that doesn't help me. <laughs> is there anything else here? Uh, it's point zero two miles, if that helps. 0.02 miles? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, like, not very much. No, it's very small. Oh, wait, inches maybe? No, that's way too big. Well, are you going to know what inches? 38 yards. Okay, that's still not very. For <laughs> 35 people, that's, like, a yard per person. I feel like I need it in square foot. Yeah. <laughs> but it's literally a yard per person. So like Yeah, three feet per person. Three feet per person and, like... And, like, the height of a man. And, like, hopefully they went from their tallest man. And it's a bunker, so they're going to be hot. Well. it's Russia. It's Russia in winter. We'll get there. Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) So maybe it's helped. Maybe they did it on purpose. We're almost there. Okay. Um, Wait, where was I? 50 meters long height of a man. He added that they dug out a well and a toilet, which, good. They got water and somewhere to go to the bathroom. That's nice. One toilet for 35 people? Yeah. Well, mm. maybe they had multiple. It was probably a hole. Like yeah, a probably a big multiple hole. Multiple holes. Mm-hmm. I wonder how well they did that plumbing, though. Like, where did it all go? I'm sure it's not great. No, probably not. Um. So some- And somebody had carved out large images of flowers and plants on the walls. That's nice. And uh, cardboard covered the floor. Okay. So I guess they had a little makeshift floor. 
So of the followers in the cave, six were from Belarus. One was a Ukrainian citizen that had three children. And they took gas cylinders and kerosene supplies in with them and threatened mass suicide if authorities attempted to intervene. Okay. So they were staying, no matter what you said about it. Hunkering down in the bunker. Yeah. Uh, One of the followers sold his house in order to get money for supplies for the cave. So you don't really think about it. They had to have food for, like, ever. Well, because they thought the end of the world was was in May. That's true. Six months. Six months. Okay. So that's a lot of food. That's a lot of food. 35 people for six months. Yeah. And they had, like, a makeshift kitchen, kind of. But, like, yeah, it could not be sanitary. I hope Uh, it's on the other side of the bathroom. Like, where was the... How is that... I don't know. It's not very big. I want to see, like, the schematics of it. I tried to look at pictures. There aren't a lot of them. Mm. Um. So, Covenant Stova didn't go into the cave with them. He remained in his house to meet new supporters and strengthen their faith. Or he just didn't want to live in a fucking cave. Yeah, he was a smart one. Yeah, he was like, was like, oh, I get to talk and watch TV now? Yeah, yeah, I'm totally recruiting. Yeah, and you guys can go live in this cave. I'll see you guys on the other side. Yeah, I'll totally see you. You know, I'm exempt. I automatically will survive the apocalypse. Well, That's what God wants from yes. me. But, and to watch TV. Yeah, it was my calling. Yes, yes, exactly. The temperature in the cave is said to have not been more than negative 12 to 16 degrees Celsius or... Negative 53 to 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh. Fucking Russia. Why would you decide to do this in a cave in Russia in the winter? Yeah. Okay, no. And surprisingly, no one dies from it being cold. They're just vodka. I was going to say, it's the vodka. (laughs) They must be vodka. They had to have had the vodka. (laughs) Right? If I was going to survive in a cave with 35 other people... I'd have vodka. Best be now, I'm going to be drinking that vodka. (laughs) (laughs) Were they allowed to talk in the cave, I wonder? Oh. Oh, I hope so. Oh. I know they weren't speaking to authorities. Maybe down there, he's like, it's cool. Maybe. Because you're only speaking to each other. There's no outsiders that can influence you. Right. Um, So there was a police area sectioned off um, because they were trying to get them out of the cave, but they also wanted to keep people away from it. Um, because they were threatening if there was any intervention that they would blow themselves up so they didn't want someone wandering in and trying to talk to them or anything. Um, wasn't safe. Police called in experts, including priests. Evidently priests are experts in this, getting people out of caves. Interesting. Rescue workers, doctors, and monks to assist in getting them out of the cave. And they utilized emergency workers to make sure that the cave didn't flood or collapse due to thaw water. Oh. There's yeah. a lot to think about with yeah, this cave. The spring's coming. Yeah. All right. So two women uh, with three children from Belarus were found on November 22nd, 2007, in a locked house where they had decided to wait until the end of the world after failing to reach the cave. I'm like, well, you guys got lucky. Yeah. I'd stay in that house, too. Right? 
oopsies. Yeah, like how did they fail to reach the cave, right? Maybe they were just trekking there and they're like gonna die or something. Yeah, like eh, oopsies. Um, on March twenty eighth, two thousand and eight, seven women left the cave after a partial collapse isolated them from the rest of the group. And three days later, 14 more followers emerged after melting snow caused another collapse. Um, on April 3rd, 2008, Kuznets Stove was taken to the hospital where officials said he may have attempted suicide after realizing his prediction was wrong. Hmm. Also, it's not even May yet. Yeah. He just got nervous. He got nervous a month in advance and tried to kill himself just in case it was wrong, maybe. Like, he didn't want to find out. He chickened out. He chickened out. Yeah. But then at least he knew he was going to be dead, so he was... Yeah. Well, no, because there's a way to survive it. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, he survived trying to kill himself. Um, in and a um, ca- In a cave in the winter of Russia. All right strong man (laughs) on may 16th 2008 police and rescue workers completed an operation to extract two dead members out of the cave who had died over winter one was sick with cancer and the other died observing the dry fast so like they didn't murder them one just died from not eating dry fast which means they're also not drinking right a dry fast so yeah. No water. Yeah. So they, they probably went fast then. Yeah. And then it's winter, probably. And the other one had cancer. Mm. That's sad. So then they also had like two dead people. Yeah, so they had dead people in there for like months. <sighs> Cave does sounds like not the business. Yeah, so at this point it's filling up with these toxic fumes. So while the police were down there, they urged them to leave. And uh, they did. The nine remaining members agreed to leave um, because toxic fumes. However, they had previously said that they weren't going to leave until after the Feast of Holy Trinity on June 14th. So at this point, it's like they've realized the world isn't going to end, I guess. Right. Because they picked a day to leave. But it's still May. So it's still May, but they want to stay till June. Yeah. For a feast. Yeah, after the Feast of Holy Trinity on June 14th. And I guess they're keeping track of dates down there. How? I wonder how you do that. Like a stop, stopwatch? A watch? I mean, there's maybe they have cell phones. Or radios. The no, beer. they don't. not allowed to listen to radios. Maybe, they, maybe the cops tell them. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they, yeah, maybe they have a watch. Who got a watch? Because, yeah, would they have power to no charge a phone? No, but if they have a watch, maybe. I'm going to go with watch. Or maybe they do it old school where they just track it on a calendar. Someone's just sitting there counting, like, two seconds, three seconds. <laughs> yeah. It's your turn to tell. I mean, they might be able to tell when it's light out and dark out. Maybe. Morning and night. Maybe. Maybe there's, like, a light or something. Down. That shines in. Maybe. Um, So when the group emerged, they took some of their supplies out with them, including jars of pickled tomatoes, mushrooms, plastic containers of cooking oil, dried pasta, and a large band saw. 
have a lot of questions about this bandsaw. Yeah. Why? What? (laughs) (laughs) I kind of want to, like, be a fly on the wall of this, like, this cave. Just Yeah, just just see it, look around. And what are they doing with this bandsaw? My first thought is cutting up the dead bodies. Yeah, but there's only... Also, so there's 38 yards. So there's enough room. There's barely enough room for all these people, a kitchen and toilet. Where did they put the dead bodies? Probably in the middle. <laughs> that seems counterintuitive. Maybe by the bathroom? I'm going to go... Mm, I would say somewhere in the back. Somewhere in the back. Like, put maybe cardboard on top of them? Just like... Yeah. I don't know. Make a, make a love seat out of them? God. Slim. I'm sorry, I'm not meaning to make fun of I'm dead sorry. people. Rest in peace. I'm sorry you died. Although the one of you died because you didn't eat or drink anything. Yeah, so kind of on you. That's really your fault. And the other one, I'm sorry. But I'm sorry you died from cancer. Yeah. Okay. Okay, next. <laughs> um. So on May 21st, the cave was blown up. Officially, they blew it up because of its danger to the local community and curious visitors, which makes sense because yeah, teenagers. Yeah, people would go check it out. I'm sure there's still like all the fumes and yeah, and like what if it just collapsed? Right. And shit, like literal literal. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Seems hazardous, so they blew it up. After leaving the cave, most of the members left the village, except for one family. Several people moved to a deaf village in Belarus, which, honestly, that just clicked for me because they weren't allowed to talk. Yeah. Maybe they just liked it. Yeah. At first, I was like, wait, why the fuck are they going to a deaf village? I mean, cool, inclusivity, but like, right? why specifically seek that out? Interesting. And why do they have just villages for the I was just thinking that. (laughs) (laughs) It's not very inclusive. But But I guess if they want their own society, you can, like, anyone's going to be able to sign to you and you're going to communicate. Yeah, their own little society. So, but that actually makes kind of sense because they they liked the silence. Yeah. And they could still communicate without talking. Wow. Or maybe they just got really used to it. Yeah. And it's now they forgot pe- everything. Yeah. Maybe now when people talk, it's like jarring. Yeah. Too much. But they were also in a cave for months, which makes me think they probably weren't talking. Probably. In the cave. Weird. Because it probably like, echoed and. <laughs> and they just weren't supposed to talk. Yeah. All right. Did they have like a head of people in the cave? Because their leader wasn't there. So who was in charge? I guess if they're not talking, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter, yeah. Um, so the head of the family who stayed in the village, uh, they were still there as of 2012, uh, him and his wife and their three children, without electricity or passports, still waiting for the end time to come. Hmm. Kuznetsov was arrested with charges of creating a violent organization and inciting hatred or enmity and I cannot say enmity anonymity nope (laughs) (laughs) whatever inciting hatred and religious or ethnic on on religious or ethnic grounds Mm. after psycholinguistic examination of the book seized from his home um 
So charges were dropped when he was declared insane, and he was diagnosed with paranoia and schizophrenia and ordered compulsory treatment in a psychiatric ward. And that's where that ends. Hmm. All right. Yeah. So he's, I guess, in a psych ward, and I think he's talking. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Probably. I mean, someone had to actually teach them these things, so. Yeah. I'm guessing he never stopped talking. Probably not. He's probably, yeah, always talking. All right. Okay, Heather, it's all you. Okay. Today, I'm going to discuss, and I get, I, you know I'm terrible with names, so just whatever. I, think I mean, I just did that, so. I think fine. you did great. You did. Okay. So as long as we agree that his name is Cuz Not Stove. Cuz Not Stove. Yes, I, I agree. <laughs> that is what it is. <laughs> okay, so today I'm going to discuss Rock Therialt. Therialt. And he formed a cult called the Ant Hill Kids. Oh, that's a person? Yes. His name is Rock Therialt. Therialt? It's fr- it's a French. So. Oh, I definitely yeah. can't say that. He was born on May 16th, 1947 in, again, Saguenay, Quebec, Canada. Sorry, what year? I spaced out. 1947. 1947 in Quebec, Canada. In Quebec, Canada, into a French-Canadian family. And he was raised in Thetford Mine. I can say that one, so I kept that one. (laughs) (laughs) It's said that he was an intelligent young boy. And when he was in seventh grade, he decided to drop out of school and began to study religion, mainly studying the Old Testament. Okay. He was also a end of the world is going to end. Oh, what? We both did doomsday? We both did dooms. Oh, what a coincidence. To be fair, most of them are doomsday. I think, but... Yeah, most of them are. <laughs> but... I'm going with coincidence. <laughs> uh, so he believed that a war between good and evil would soon occur, and the end result would be the end of the world. And he believed his best chance of survival was to live a clean life. Thus, he converted to the Seventh-day Adventist Church and lived by their rules. No tobacco, no unhealthy foods, no alcohol or drugs. That just sounds so boring. I know. And no crab cakes. <laughs> so specific. I know. Because I can't, I know. It's a long story. We'll go into that story another day. <laughs> <laughs> so specific. Uh, <laughs> Heather really likes crab cakes. <laughs> I feel like I always talk about food. I'm like, ooh, lemon bars. Ooh, crab cakes. Oh boy. Now I want crab cakes. No. Crab cakes and lemon bars. Sounds have, like a weird dinner. We're going to have a good feast after this. <laughs> In the mi- mid 1970s, I'm going to call him Rock, used his charismatic skills to convince a group of people to leave their jobs and homes to join him in a religious movement. And in 1977, he formed a cult in Quebec with his ultimate goal to form a commune where people could freely freely listen to his motivational speeches, live in unity and equality, and be free of sin. Oh, free of sin. Beautiful land he wanted. He prohibited the group from remaining in contact with their families and with the Seventh-day Adventist church, as it was against his cult's values of freedom. But it actually just sounds like he got kicked out of the church for his odd behavior 
Mm, it's usually what happens. It's usually. So buy Seventh-day Adventist church. Hello, new church. And as his fear of the world ending began to grow, he claims that God had warned him that it would come on February 1979. Well, I'm here. So unless this isn't the world, I'm going to go with it didn't happen. But maybe in an, another universe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And he used the commune to prepare for it. In 1978, in preparation, he moved the commune to a remote, remote area that he called the Eternal Mountain. Hmm. And he claimed all would be saved. There he made the commune build their, their town while he relaxed. And he compared them to ants working in an anthill. And thus, the anthill kids cult was formed. Oh, that's why it's called that. Oh, there's actually a reason for their name. Wow, that, like, never happens. I know. It's usually, like, <laughs> the true or, you the know. Family. The family. The family. Always the family. Always the family. But in this case, there's a reason. Anthill kids. All right. So soon, February 1979, rolled around. And shocker, there was no apocalypse. And obviously, his, question, his followers began to question him and his wisdom. But he defended himself, saying that, Time on Earth and in God's world were not parallel, and he just miscalculated the date. They always say that. Yeah, like, that's always the excuse. I just miscalculated it. But not aren't bad. the dates like in the Bible the same as our dates? I think so, but maybe. Where are they getting these calculations from? You know, I have questions about their re- about religious math. Well, maybe we should go see if we can find your man. Let's go to Russia. Yeah. Talk to him. See if he can give us a little, <laughs> little insight. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, as we'll get to, mine's not quite around anymore. I mean, that makes sense. He was also born in 1947. Yeah. Not that he can't still be alive if he were born then. My mom is. But. But. more Most likely, yes. Okay. So, he wanted to expand the community. And what better better way to do that than to father your own children? Oh, of course. And so he soon married and impregnated all nine members of the cult, female members of the cult, and fathered over 20 children. And all of those kids are related. All of them. Yep. And by the 1980s, there were nearly 40 members, half of which are his children. (laughs) (sighs) So, good followers. They're going to be really gun-ho about what you have to say. That's why you make a cult. Yeah. Father them. Yeah, I mean, you just father them. Yeah, they're talking to you, Duggar family. <laughs> Are they our modern day cult? Maybe. And there are like twenty of them. There's so many of them. <laughs> they just keep going. They're just televised, so we accept it. Yeah, mm. but they're pretty extreme. I feel like now I need to watch. <laughs> In 1984, the group relocated from Quebec to a new site near Ontario and things started to take a turn for the worse and Thoreau began to drink and became an alcoholic so he went completely against his advice and became an alcoholic and his desire to be a charismatic leader soon turned to his desire to be a ruler and Mm. his request started off simple he forced them to wear identical tunics just to represent equality and their devotion to the commune 
But obviously the demands became a little more outrageous. And soon members were not allowed to speak to each other when he wasn't present. Nor were they allowed to have sex with each other without his permission. Obviously they're all like his wives, so. They're all his wives and children. Great. And then random dudes? Just some randoms. The other 20, I guess. Oh, I mean, it's possible that those women were someone's wives. Right. So, Like, maybe it was couples. And then... Because that means there was nine. There's 20. So, 11. There's, like, 11 men hanging out, I think. Wait, how many kids were there? 20. 20 kids. Nine women. Nine women. 29. So, there's a... Yeah. So it's possible some of those women were married and they just and then he just impregnated them. Right. Little. So okay. Well not fun the, happening. Maybe all the men aren't just alone. But do you have to then ask permission to have sex with your wife every time? I think so. Sounds like every it. Every single time. Every time. Oh, that's sounds laborious. Uh, sounds like too much. Yeah, no thanks. And of course the he began to inflict punishment on his followers that he considered to be straying and he said he uh he did this by spying on them claiming that god told him what they did oh it's obviously god not obviously obviously and if, if a person wished to leave the commune they he would hit them with either a belt or hammer while they were naked just in a room like naked he would suspend them from the ceiling pluck each of their body hairs individually or defecate on them. I mean, pluck each of your body hairs individually. That is torture. That is tedious. And can you imagine, like, the down there section? Oh, yeah. I can. And then your legs. You ever epilated? <laughs> no. Painful. No. <laughs> but, but I feel like he's going to be there for, like, hours. Also, that, too. Like, have you seen how much body hair people have? Yeah. I've seen some. There's some men out there. Uh-uh. <laughs> even just me like i got a lot of leg hair yeah like even on my arms. arm hair oh ow Ooh. Armpits? Armpit. oh, oh. no okay so again people didn't want to leave <laughs> obviously no one wants that and the anthill kids raise money by selling baked goods and members who did not bring in enough money were also punished and I'm gonna make some really good lemon bars. You better make them, you know. Like, I want an Ant Hill Kid lemon bar. <laughs> Maybe we should make a company called the Ant Hill Kid Lemon Bars. Yes, baked Let's goods. Do it. <laughs> uh, over time, his punishments became increasingly extreme and violent, including making members break their own legs, sit on lit stoves, what? shoot each other in the shoulders, what? Eat dead mice and feces, what? And sometimes they were asked to cut off another another follower's toes to prove their loyalty. You have me. How would you break your own legs? <laughs> right? Like, no. <laughs> your body's like, no, I'm not doing like, that. Uh, yeah. So I think they said with a sledgehammer. Yeah. All of that sounds terrible. I was kind of trying to keep the, like, it gets a little gruesome. I'm sorry, but, you know, it's fine. It's cold. It's what we're here for. And, of course, this also extended to the children who were sexually abused held over fires and sometimes were pinned to trees and the children to throw stones at them so like your own brother or sister you're basically okay you know stoning it's 
not a good place. Not a good man. No. This is why he's recommended to not drink. Yeah, alcohol. see? He's actually uh, proving his theory exactly. that alcohol is bad. He tried to he tried to stop it. And then, and then he didn't follow his own rule and fucked it all up. He ruined everything. And, of course, he's tempted to backtrack to the original religious mission of the commune and beginning to strongly believe in purifying his followers and ridding them of their sins by doing abusive purification sessions where he would com- they would, the members would be completely nude and he would whip and beat them hoping he would beat the beat bad, the sin out of you beat that beat it out of them and you need to send beat out of him he yeah i think they need to switch it off onto him maybe someone needs to pluck all of his body hairs yeah. out one at a time or make him do it yeah like Ugh. just sit there and do it uh, he claimed to be a holy being and started performing unnecessary amateur surgical operations uh, on sick members to demonstrate his healing powers. These surgeries included injecting a 94% ethanol solution into stomachs. What? Or prefer- performing circumcisions on the children. And one child did pass away from one of these circumcisions at least it's a real medical procedure not that he should be doing it no. but just it's a real giving you shots of ethanol, ethanol in your stomach why because he probably was like drink it <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just like, drink a little oh, shoot good. a little bit in yeah. your stomach you'll feel better like helps me <laughs> so it's supposed to be faster yeah, maybe that way they didn't have to drink it, and he believed in drinking it for mm. himself, but if he shot it into them, they would be exactly. better like he was better. And they didn't have to drink it. They didn't perform a sin. They just yeah. had it in their body. That's probably what he was thinking. Exactly. He was helping hit the members. That's dumb. In 1987, social workers removed 17 of the children. However, he faced no repercussions for his abusive acts, and... In 1989, when a follower named Solange Bolliard complained of an upset stomach, he put her, without anesthesia, naked naked on a table, punched her in the stomach, performed an enema with molasses and olive oil. That's not an enema. It's not. Molasses (laughs) and (laughs) olive oil. I'm just going to tell you right now, that's not going to do it. No. He, and then he basically cut her open, and then he asked another member, Gabrielle, to stitch her up. And obviously, the next day, she passed away. Aww. But to make it worse, he said that he could resurrect her. He had the power to do so. And he drilled a hole in her, and all of the members ejaculated in said hole. Because semen is the seed of life. Semen is the seed of life. Obviously. And oh, that poor poor woman obviously she did not sir come back to life and she was buried within the commune area and after the incident uh he decided to beat the woman that had helped to stitch her up oh because it was her fault it was her fault and he amputated her arm and she escaped and contacted authorities fuck yeah and uh finally they came and they dissolved the anthill group and he went to jail he was and let's see obviously the authorities had suspicions of the group but they couldn't do anything they were legally unable to because it was 
uh, registered as a church. Of course. Unfortunately. And he was found guilty and received a sentence of 12 years. 12 years. But fun fact, he, many of the followers abandoned him, except for he did father four children during his conjugal visits. Oh. Yeah. So they kept coming to, some of his followers came oh. to visit him. To father more children and keep the, uh, keep the seed going. Keep going the seed on, on going. Uh, in 2002, the, uh, there was a film made. I think it's called Savage Messiah. Which it kind of, it's a great name. Yeah, uh, I like it. And the film stars Luke Picard and Polly Walker. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Uh, Polly Walker. Polly Walker plays Paula Jackson, who's the social worker who investigated the crime. And in, let's see, I think it's the same year, the Gabrielle, the one who escaped, wrote a memoir. And then in 2009, Thoreau made headlines because he tried to sell his artwork on a website called murderauction.com. What? Obviously, the Correctional Service of Canada prevented any sales. I want to know what murderauction.com is. Murderauction.com is a thing. Did you look at it? I have not looked at it. Should we look at it? Yes. Let's do it. We're looking at murderauction.com. We'll let you know if it's a real thing. Auction. Oh, wow. This is a real thing. Early drawing by Henry Lee Lucas's sidekick and all around. Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker decorated envelope. Oh my gosh. Yep. So, typed letter and envelope from USA's free killer. $10? That can't be authentic. What? Ew, there's underwear. Okay. Well, Ooh, it's a real underwear. It's a real Dana thing. Gray, worn behind bars, comes with the original envelope stamped from 2010. Personally owned and worn signed panties. Wow. Okay. So if you ever want to buy some murder memorabilia, murderauction.com is the place to be. Every man has to have a hobby. Ed Gain. That is their slogan. (laughs) All right. Well, everyone's got to make a living. (laughs) (laughs) And well, finally, to end this story, on February 26, 2011, 63-year-old Thorout was found dead in his cell in the penitentiary. His death is believed to be a result of an altercation with his cellmate, Matthew McDonald, a six-year-old convicted murderer. Uh, basically, he said he was McDonald's already there for stabbing someone else and was had life imprisonment. And basically, McDonald went up to the the guard, handed him the shiv that he had yeah murdered him with and said that piece of shit is down on the range here's the knife i sliced him up well at least he was honest about it he was like i've got nothing to lose and he's already in prison and and he got a fresh new bed and sheets and room because they had to investigate that now oh yeah yeah oh and down goes rock that that rock was a piece of shit so down goes rock down goes rock (laughs) are you proud of that (laughs) i am pretty proud of that one that was a good one. Uh, uh, and there we go. That is the Ant Hill Kids. We probably never look at ants again. Ant Hills especially. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I see an ant hill, I'm just gonna imagine like the queen ant sitting there drinking some alcohol while the other little ants work and mm-hmm. 
plotting how she's going to torture them. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, if you liked us even a little bit, give us five stars. If you didn't, just don't listen to us anymore. Okay, bye. Uh, <laughs> follow us on social media at Bang Bang Cults on Instagram, Facebook. Our email is bangbangcult at gmail.com. We don't have Twitter because we don't know how to tweet because we are old millennials. We're too old for that. <laughs> Not sorry about it. And that's it. Bye. Okay, bye.